0: welcome to welcome to the gun show i am joined by Derek. horse walks
1: into bar bartender says hey horse replies sure
2: <laughs>
0: fuck that's terrible
2: <laughs> and garrett hey everybody <laughs>
0: <Sure>. <laughs> i don't know how long we can make this show tonight i'm feeling a little horse <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh. Don't worry, I'm 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 sure you'll be stable just now. <laughs> wow. <laughs>
0: uh, okay, <laughs> I need to stop laughing. Um sorry, Adrian. So <laughs> before we kick off tonight's show, uh, which will be on stage planning, our po- uh, our approach to stage planning, what we do, things to consider, uh, and so forth. We're going to kick off with some announcements. The very first one that we're going to mention briefly is DVC Technologies. Gaz's company is currently running some value bundle specials on uh, Neomags and Raven Concealment VG2s. Um, take a look at, uh, are they on your website, Gaz, or are they only on the, uh, on the Facebook page?
2: Only on the Facebook page at the
0: moment. Cool stuff. So take a look at DVC Technologies on Facebook. Uh, the specials are available there. You can find them there. Uh, the links will also be in the show notes for those of you who don't know, uh, which DVC tech it is, because there seems to be a couple on Facebook. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a couple. I don't think they're all sort of in the same sort of line of business. They're definitely not in the same country, but, uh, there is a couple when when you initially start looking. Uh, next thing we need to mention is there are still spaces open for the shotgun extravaganza brought to you by Bernard Agency Sports Shooting Club and Vector Sport Shooting Club. Shooting club. Vector Shooting Club. There we go. That's the That's one BC. Yeah. Um on the 13th of March, uh links are open on on Practice Score. Please get registered. Uh, if you need ammo, um, we can put you in contact with people who who have limited supply. So act quickly. Um, going to be a fantastic match. We finalized the, uh, the course of fire document this morning or this afternoon. It's looking spectacular. Um, yeah. Was, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. Um, Come get your shotgun on. Exactly. It's the big bangs, the way that you like them. <clears throat> is that kind of clip? <clears throat> Apparently it is <laughs> what well, it is now. it's too late to go back now uh last thing uh our sponsor zero mike bullets uh websites up bullets are uh, available um head over to zmbullets.co.za create an account uh they have sample packs available at minimal cost for you to test the bullets and then uh, there are price breaks at uh, certain volumes of of bullets ordered um and then free shipping right t
1: uh, yeah, over an order's over. Over,
0: over, there we go. So over 800 bucks. And wholesale inquiry as well.
2: <laughs> there we go. Uh, and if you want an additional discount, get in touch with me. I can give you a, a nice little code that will help you get a, a couple more bangs for your bucks. There we go.
1: Gaz is getting bangs. Oh, yes. And bucks. Mm. All in one. Bangs, bugs. He's giving hugs at the match. A little bit of yeah. a flatter,
0: I guess. He's a trooper. Part... <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we go any further um, I have a special name that I want to mention Dirk um, Kortzer you have been rating every single episode for like the last three or four weeks uh, it hasn't gone unnoticed and he also did like the entire back catalog so <laughs> to the club. he like went back and he rated
1: everything so awesome nice D- 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 thank you. you you need to get out the house now like, seriously
0: <laughs> when lockdown has been bad <laughs> Track, maybe Gaz loves you because you're in the club. He <laughs> thinks you're insane.
1: Well, <laughs> oh, yeah, Fuck. but it has got... more insane if he had to listened to all
0: those shows. That would be insane. <laughs> I, I cannot confirm or deny whether he has, I've got no way of telling. But um, either way, Berg, thank you very much. It has not gone, gone unnoticed. I've been meaning to mention you for the last couple of episodes, it just slips my mind. So,
1: thank thanks, you, dude. Derek. We really appreciate it. it. Uh, thanks a bunch. First prize is a week away with corn. Second prize is two weeks away with corn.
0: How? How are any of those prizes? Because like, you've you've been around me for more than ten minutes. Like that's a punishment.
2: Well, maybe you're going to get the prize corn.
0: I get to go away for two weeks with myself.
2: Exactly. Sounds painful. (laughs) (laughs) Coming from the guy who lives with corn every day. Yeah, no
0: one knows corn as well as corn, and corn's terrified of what he knows. <laughs> moving, moving very swiftly along. Um, someone, and I cannot tell who you are because you use some I don't know name to try and be anonymous, and I can't record what it is. Um, use your real name if you want to get mentioned. If you use weird names, we're just gonna say someone. Someone asked in a Q and A question. Um for us to explain what stage planning is, you know, why it's important and sort of how we do it. And that seemed a little bit extensive to do in a and a episode. So
1: here we are. So uh, stage planning is how you plan a stage show done. Let's go drink. <laughs> Way ahead of you, buddy.
0: Guys, <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> do you want to kick off with the the dudes who do not shoot EPSIC? don't get to do stage planning do you want to just give them a rough idea of what it is and then we can dive a little bit deeper
2: all right so stage planning for us and specifically for ipsc is that we get to a stage um the courses of fire always different we'll be able to view the stage from afar so we get an idea of sort of the shooting area maybe some of the target distances but the most important part that comes in with stage planning is when we start getting the briefing from the range officer, which gives us all of the specifics that we need to know about that stage. And then from there, we get an allotted amount of time, depending on the match and the region and that anything between three and five minutes to view the stage. And then we have to come up with a plan that not only suits our abilities, but is probably the most efficient plan to complete that stage in. So we have to look at a variety of different factors that we're all going to get into discussing shortly. But those are the, that sort of from my side, going to be the the basics or the introduction to what we do when we plan a
0: Yeah. So Ipsic is a little bit, uh, I haven't shot many other shooting sports, so maybe it's not unique, but it's a little bit unique uh, in the fact that you get to find all the targets. You get to find the optimal positions to shoot them from for you. Now, optimal is a little bit loosely defined because there is a finite amount of time in which you can do this planning. So, it's it's as good as it gets, rather than perfect. Um, as guys said, there is limited time to do this, um, between three and five minutes, and this becomes more important at at higher level matches. At level one matches, typically the squads are a little bit smaller, you're a little bit less pressed for time. Guys try and make you stick to to the five minute time limit, and generally we do, but it's not quite as strictly enforced. Uh, when you go up to higher level matches, you're going to have Um, the exact amount of time to walk through the stage. And you might only get sort of one or two walks through the actual stage before your time is up and and you need to start shooting, which is why exercising your your stage planning skill is important because you get very limited time and you basically get one shot to do it. And after that, it's it's sort of yippee-ki-yay.
2: I suppose that part of stage planning or a big component to stage planning is the stage present, is presented to us in the sense that we have to solve a problem and that problem is shooting that stage as efficiently as possible scoring the most points per second based on, on hit factor scoring which we have discussed before but stage planning and the roots of stage planning probably stem from problem solving
0: or, or yeah, problem solving. Dwayne, you've been very quiet. Um,
1: yeah, I covered it pretty well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I- IPSec not the uh, IDPA has a has a degree of stage planning. Um, it it's quite different because as a general rule you you're kind of presented with this stage and the plan as in you need to engage this target from here and this target from there. Uh, whereas in IPSec we've got a a lot more room to to decide how we're going to approach it. Um, but there is there is a degree in in IDPA of am I going to ground them? Sorry, I, I mean. Uh, Filling around on on this target because I called it off so that I can reload where i not, not in the middle of a target Weird. how often I have to do that um, <laughs> but, yeah you know it it and and in EPSIC, it's it's how we wanna we wanna find the most efficient way to approach the the, the stage and also the the way on on some stages anyway. The way that's going to best suit you as a shooter, uh, your division, your particular skill set, your strengths. Your, not not all stages. You know, you get some stages where you can look at the stage and you're going to go, "My options are we're all going to start here, we're all going to finish there, and and there's no other way way to do this." Um, and then you get other stages where sometimes you've got a massive amount of options um, where it's you know and. And to my mind, often the best stages are where you've got some, some, some shooters starting on the left, some shooting starting on the right and both lots being adamant that their plan is the best plan. Um, those are often the the best sort of stages. So yeah, it's, it's about finding what's going to, what's going to get you through the stage the fastest with, with the most opportunities. Yeah. And
0: just to clarify that a little bit more, um, uh, at times the dude starting on the left and the dude starting on the right will end up with very similar time and very similar score, which highlights one of the things where a stage plan is better than a perfect stage plan. Um, So if you know where the targets are, in what order you're going to shoot them and where you're going to reload, you're like most of your stage planning is done. Um, Oftentimes there will be, some better way of doing it than the plan that you that you see initially, um, but for the most part, if you're a if you're a new shooter or new to the sport, um, memorizing the first plan that you that you find is often going to serve you well, as opposed to trying to find a better and better stage plan and then not ending up with, with that in your head.
1: I think one yeah. of the things. Sorry,
2: guys. I, w- I was just going to go on with what Corn said there. If we if we look at stages executing an adequate stage plan, and I use the, the term adequate loosely, is always going to be better than a poor execution of a brilliant stage plan. So that's something to keep in mind when it comes to planning your stage.
1: Yeah, that's something I wanted to hit on. There's, there's a myth, especially I think amongst newer shooters, that there's often going to be this magic stage plan that's going to be the secret to winning the stage. Um, on most stages, unless your plan is idiotic, really doesn't make quite as much difference as guys think uh, you know unless you've got some sort of stupid plan where you're running backwards and forwards backwards and forwards backwards and forwards when you could just go from one side to the other um, it's probably not going to make a massive difference uh, what's going to make a bigger difference is 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 your ability to to execute that that particular stage so don't get too wrapped around the axle about um, you know f- finding the the ultimate stage plan there's there's some stages where it's gonna make a difference. You occasionally get a stage where someone sees a an opportunity that you know turns a stage with four stops into a stage with two stops, that's gonna make that's gonna make a, a material difference in time. Um, but it's it's not as often as
0: people sometimes like to think. Exactly. So uh, we we did mention that one of the the critical portions of stage planning and the things that you should probably do not probably you should do first, but uh, is locating all the targets. Um, I have shot stages where I have forgotten a target. uh, And that happens not because I didn't visualize the stage. I didn't plan the stage. It's because I didn't count the targets that I planned around. And there's one hidden around a corner or something. You just assume you've got all the targets. Um, Super important. Start by locating all the targets, count them, make sure your count is exactly on. And if you can see a target from multiple positions, make sure you don't count it multiple times because you could be counting the same target twice and missing a target somewhere else. And it's still going to screw you over.
1: And if you don't engage that target, that's 40 points that you just cost yourself. So, so in a con- 60 point stage, that's yeah. it, which is the most you get a 32 round stage, that's going to hurt.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's going to burn properly. So one of the things that helped me sort of with those sort of stages is we'll get stages where there'll be targets you can see multiple times and that's what T and Korn have, have touched on. If you're battling to count the targets and count the number of shots as per the briefing that you receive, as far as I'm aware, and I've done it before, there's no rule that says you cannot go and count the targets outside the demarcated area to see maybe which one you're counting twice. So if you're battling, walk outside the demarcated area around the barricades as much as you can and count the targets till you get to that number of shots. And once you've done that, you can basically identify, oh, that target looks familiar. That's the one I'm counting twice. Or this is the one that I'm missing. I don't, that target doesn't look familiar. So you can do those things as well.
1: And, and I think sort of related to that, make sure you understand the round count the stage. So when the RO briefs it, when they read the the, 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 the COF, they will tell you a minimum of 18 rounds. Um, Honestly, I will generally, before I step on the stage, I will confirm with them um, to make sure that I've heard it properly. Uh, there's nothing stopping you, especially at a, at a bigger match where the COF is, is stuck in a wall or something, having a having a look. Make sure you know how many rounds you're looking for um, before you walk through. Uh, and then when you walk through, before you start worrying about any slick plans or cool guy shit, go, I need to find 18. I need to find 18 rounds until you could find until you found those 18 rounds. There's no point worrying about anything else. Um, so you need to find every target um, and, and where it could be engaged from?
0: Just to carry on, on Gaz's thing, just briefly. Um, I'm not aware of any rule that says you can't go outside the demarcated area either. Um, critically important. Do not approach actual targets. Do not touch them. Um, yeah. But, you can, from outside the the demarcated area, count targets. Um, I will often, when um, walkthroughs open, you'll have a large queue of people trying to get through. Um, I will often walk around the outside of the demarcated area and count the targets that I can see to make sure that I've got everything. Instead of standing in the queue for a little bit to get on the actual stage, I can walk around the outside and go, okay, well, there it is, there it is. Okay, cool, I've got all the targets. I'm happy to go and stand in the line. Um, so that's that's useful especially if you're struggling to to find all your targets uh, or you're often missing a target or two in 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 a walkthrough Um, locate them first Then, T mentioned something else there Um, find out where you can engage them from Um, sometimes you'll have targets that you can engage from pretty much the whole stage sometimes you'll have some where you have dual exposure so you can see it from two places and other times you'll have things where you can only see them from one spot uh, you need to know that because if you can only see it from one spot, your stage plan needs to include that spot. Doesn't matter what you do; it has to include that spot. It's sort of limited options.
1: So you know that like, generally, when you when you get to a stage when you're waiting for the briefing and that, have a look at the stage. If there's a spot, especially if it's a comp, you know, if it's a nine-round stand-in-the-box stage, it, it's likely less concerning. Um, you're more likely to find all the targets, but you know, especially if it's a, a more complicated stage. Um, have a look at the squad before you and and try and get an idea of where they're you know where they're engaging stuff from uh, because that'll often give you a good idea of where you can see targets from The, the flip side to that is oftentimes whichever plan it, like the the first plan anyone sees, often you'll get an entire squad follow just sort of following that exact plan, whether it's the best plan or not so so be careful of not getting sucked into exactly how the squad before you did it. Um, but you can use where they engage targets from to get a good idea of where they're visible from before you, step you know, in USPSA, you can go the day before you can go in the morning and walk the stages with us. That's not an option. You can't step on that stage until uh, the RO invite. Yep. Exactly.
0: So let's talk about what we're trying to do with stage plans. T. So we've now found the places that we can shoot these targets from. How do I select uh, things like target order?
1: Well, it, you know, it, it's gonna depend. There's a couple of there's a couple of sort of not ironclad rules, but there's there's a couple of, of, of rules that'll generally serve you well. Um, I honestly, if I can get closer to a target, we'll get closer to a target. I'm not a big fan of the oh, I can stand at the back here and think this, and if I stand at this weird angle, I can get this from here. Um, even for my fat body, it's often quicker for me to run forward the seven meters and and I can shoot the target quicker and, and get better score. So you, you want to find, find the most efficient way to get through the stage. You want to f- ideally find a way where you're not crossing the same ground twice. Um, if you can avoid that as, as, as possible, you want to have as few stops as possible. You know the, the, ideal, the ideal sort of stage, you're not going to stop until unload and show care. It, it doesn't always work like that, but that's kind of what you're looking for. You're looking for a stage where I don't actually give a shit if it flows or not or any of the other crap people get excited about. Um, but I, I want a stage plan where I spend as little time not scoring points as possible. So if you can, if you can keep moving, you know, for me personally, if I can find an opportunity to shoot in the move, I'm going to uh, because I can make up time there. I can do it relatively well. Um, so. If for me, that's often a, a solid way for me to make up, you know, some hit factor is, is finding that opportunity to shoot on the move. Um, I know some some shooters who, who look for that 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 situation where they can set up and engage the most targets possible. Uh that's that's kind of gonna depend on you. But what what you want to do is you want to find a plan where for me, one of the big things is if a plan involves that my foot has to be on exactly this spot, not not Three inches left, not two inches right, not back, not forward. It's generally a really shitty plan because um, you will because, miss that spot. Yeah, you're going to miss that spot, or or you're going to move into it so slowly and or, or so sort of gingerly that that any of the time made up isn't going to make sense. So, I'm personally for myself, I want the simplest plan I can get, the most straightforward plan I can get, uh, and unless there's a dramatic gain to be made by something um, you know something by doing something different uh, but as a as a general rule I'm, I'm gonna look for a plan that gets me as close to the targets as possible uh, where I can I can if possible shoot on the move and where I don't have to memorize a super complicated series so T
0: mentioned uh, trying to limit um, sort of Foot movement, you're not trying to cover the same ground twice. So if you, for instance, run to the left, shoot something, run to the right, shoot something, run back to the left, shoot something, um, you're probably wasting opportunities there. You would be better off shooting that stage from one side to the other instead of crisscrossing. Something else that's important other than trying to just minimize sort of distance traveled is also trying to minimize uh, transition distance.
2: Um, Gaz, do you want to talk to us about that? So it's a little bit difficult because all of our stages are varied, but what we want to try and do is minimize the amount of distance that we have to transition the gun. And and quite often that's not really an option. The course designer and the way they built the stage, they want you to transition the gun because it's part of the game. But if you get to a specific array and it's normally associated when you have a a swinger or a moving target of sorts, it's quite easy to fall into a trap where you transitioning all over the place in high risk and you'll get to a point where you are transitioning too much. And another example was one of the club shoots that I shot last year with you, you guys. There was a specific stage where we could shoot on the move and I opted for a slightly different plan, but it involved one additional big transition and then back another big transition. And at the time when I came up with a plan, I didn't realize that that was a, that was what I was doing. And when we shot the two different plans side by side, The one where we minimized those big transitions was the faster plan of the day, without a doubt. And the problem was that with my plan having those wider transitions, not only did it take longer to transition, I'm, I'm transitioning a much bigger spread than what the other stage plan involved. It's now also to a point where those transitions are so big that it's increasing the time and it's also compromising accuracy to a point because I'm trying to move and continue moving while I shoot, while I do those big transitions. So be aware of those sort of things as well. It's very difficult to like, point out a very specific thing that says don't do too many transitions because there's so many different arrays and ideas that we get presented in, in stages.
1: I mean, on that, at, at the Spartan shoot we shot last week, there was a stage like that which was one of those start anywhere stages. And uh, one of the guys in the got a pretty experienced shooter, was like, no, no, but if you start here, you've got, you know, two steps less to take. Um, and to me, it made more sense and worked for me. I started two steps back because the three targets you're engaging from that spot, those two steps made quite a dramatic, it, it went from going 90 degrees directly in front of you, 90 degrees, to sort of sixty-five degrees directly in front of you, sixty-five degrees, and that from a, a transition point of view, an accuracy point of view, and a and a shots and transition speed point of view, made more sense than than the little bit of time you would save with those steps. Um, so that's also, you know, that's that's one of those things where sometimes what seems super obvious isn't necessarily the best plan. Um, you know, so sometimes there's. And it, it's not a bad idea to kind of look at it and 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 do the math. Uh, you know, what what am I what am I looking at? You know, if, if if I can halve that that transition distance, I'm probably going to halve the transition time, um, and quite if, possibly improve score. And that's the thing. If if you're doing a gigantic a 90 degree or 180 degree transition, there's a very good chance you're going to either be pretty slow or slower. Than ideal, or that you could pull shots with target. Um, so, and 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 I think that leads us into into something that's really important. It's finding something that matches not only your 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 current ability, but but your particular strengths and weaknesses, uh, if if possible. You can't you can't always do that, but if there's something that you're better at. Um, and you've got an opportunity to to leverage that, it would be stupid not to, uh, just because everyone else is doing those.
0: Now, if, if you are really good at shooting on the move and there are opportunities to shoot on the move, you need to utilize them because it's it's something that, that aids you in, in doing better, reducing time and probably increasing score. Um, in a nine round stand in the box stage, shooting on the move means squat so that's not a place where it, where it helps you but where you find places where it doesn't and not every match has this and certainly not every stage is this but if you identify a place where you can it's important that if you're able to you you utilize that mm-hmm. um and that's not just for shooting on the move um that is also for things like um activate sequences mm-hmm. um if if you're able to shoot an activator shoots two or three targets and then shoot the the moving target as it starts appearing in one run one go that is great and you should do that if you're not at a point where your skill allows you to do that you're better off shooting the activator and shooting one target and going to the swinger or you're not there yet you're even better off then shooting the activator waiting for the swinger shooting it and then going back to the other targets and that is why it's really important to understand your current capabilities. Um, if you're standing next to Gaz and Gaz is shooting a popper twice to get it to go down quicker, shooting three targets and nailing the swinger as it, as it starts coming out. Um, and you try that because you're not at a, not the equivalent skill, but you aren't relatively skilled in the sport, that's probably going to burn you. Um, and I've we, seen that happen. You
1: know, and there's two sides to that we see quite often. Um, we, we see... And, and and let's just sort of everyone visualise a stage where you've got a popper, two stationary targets, and the popper is an activator that activates the swinger. Um, we'll see a situation where you know an experienced shooter will run into that position, hit the popper, shoot the two targets, and then shoot the swinger when it comes out. Um, or maybe even be in a position where they hit two rounds on the popper to get it to go down faster, so that the swinger comes down faster. Then shoot the two targets, and shoot the swinger because obviously time time waiting for the swinger is time enough. on the point. Um, two things we see quite often when that happens: one is shooters then trying to emulate that plan and hurting themselves because they hit the popper, go onto the one target. By the time they get there, the swinger's coming out, so then they're trying to get back on the swinger, or they're trying to rush their rounds through those two stationary targets because that was their plan. And they get back, and the swinger's disappeared, and now they're going to wait for it, and then they get flustered and and you watch the gun sort of bouncing left and right like, a, like an, EKG, you know, it an EKG machine. Um, the, the other side we see is shooters who, who have a skill level where they, what they should be doing is going activator, target, target, swinger, and instead they go activator, wait for the swinger, shoot it really carefully, and then shoot the two targets. Neither of those are going to help, are going to help you reach your potential on that stage um so it's it's understanding how far you can push it without going past the 100% but honestly if you if you're running at sort of 70 80% throttle you you're not you're not going to come anywhere close to your potential on that stage so it's 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 a good idea and and a and a quick hint with that is when when the when the RO shows you the, the the activated time on that on that swinger, so they you know they everyone stands and they go okay, say boom and pretend to shoot the popper and the popper goes down, and then you you switch to that that that, that, um, that swinger. When you're looking at that outside of the stage, it's probably going to take a perceived two to three times longer to come out when you're shooting the stage. Yep. Uh, so you stand there and you go bang and out comes the swinger. And then when you shoot the stage, you go bang, you come out, you go, where's the swinger? Oh, it's failed. It's failed. It's failed. Let me try something else. Oh shit. Here's the swinger. So bear that in mind that, you know, adrenaline, everything's running. It's gonna, it's gonna appear to take two or three times longer to come out when you're shooting the stage than, than when you were walking. It through. So the way that
0: I'd like to do that, and I think you guys probably do something similar is I like to count in my head from the moment that the popper starts going down till the moment that I see the thing coming out Um, because we're accustomed to counting at a set pace. And based on that, I can sort of quantify how long that's taking. Um, It's not precise, but it's better than just looking at it because just looking at it is like doing stuff without a timer. You don't, there's no way for you to actually know how long that takes. T is looking at me like I'm crazy.
1: Um, I, I do it the same way I measure the cartridge overall it's the same
0: math <laughs> no, there's no math involved here it's just that it's it's nice to go one two okay there's the there's a the swinger um, if you're not first in line in those stages pay really careful attention to the first couple of shooters um, especially when they're activating that thing see you know, from the time that they shoot it how long it takes and what they can get done um, until they, they see the swinger come out um, you might not be able to do the same number of things, but it'll get you, it'll help you better understand how much you can achieve in the time from shooting the popper till the target presents. Um, and this is very um, stage and situation dependent. Sometimes you get swingers that come out blazing, like they don't really, there's, there's no super delay between activating and them appearing. And other times you have targets where you have a hell of a long way. Uh, before they appear. And a hell of a long is is sort of relative, but some of them you can get a lot of stuff done before they come out. And remember, if you're waiting a long time for them to come out, if you miss it on the pass, you're probably waiting a long time for it to come back, um, which is just dead time.
1: So so sometimes the clever plan, depending on the the situation, sometimes the, the safer plan is not to try and engage 14 targets while you wait for the finger to come out, it's If there is a small delay, wait it and hammer the rounds. That, the stage is going to depend on that. Uh, but if you can avoid trying to get that thing on two swings, yeah, if you can try and get it on one or maximum two swings, not be firing around at it with three or four swings, because that's just time. It's, that's disappearing. Exactly.
2: So for um, me, on the timing of, of the activation, uh, it's not a technical thing. It's basically a rule of thumb. So it's not law. When the RO knocks the popper over, like T said, it takes longer, uh, it happens quicker. Sorry. So when the RO activates the activator, what you're seeing and when the swinger comes out or the moving target activates happens quicker than when the bullet strikes the popper. My general rule of thumb is that when I do the the initial thing, when the RO knocks the popper over and you go bang and you go target, okay, there's the swinger. Typically, for me, my rule of thumb is going to be if the RO knocks the popper, I got one target in and the swinger was there. When I shoot it, I can go popper, target, target, swinger. Yeah. My general rule of thumb is I can go with one more target than what I saw when the arrow knocked the popper over. Obviously dependent, but that's a general rule of thumb.
1: And don't bullshit yourself there. Um, yeah. Don't go, you know, <clears throat> to quote the, the, the great philosopher Harold Callahan, know your limitations. Um, so don't don't hurt yourself by going, well, if Gaz can do it, I can do it. Have a realistic idea of, in Gaz's case, he knows he if he if he can do one on the walkthrough, you can do two. You might be in a position where if you can do one on the walkthrough, you can do three. You might be in a position where you can do one on the walkthrough, you can do one. You might be in a position where if you can do one on the walkthrough, you can do none. You need to know where that that line is realistically for you on the day of the match. Something else to take into account here,
0: especially if you're shooting um, paper because you have to shoot them twice, uh, you need to take target difficulty and distance into account. Um, we we tend to cheat ourselves during walkthroughs and do things that are physically impossible for us. Um, and that's not just cheating yourself by going, I'm just going to go to that target and I'm going to move on. And then you realize it's a partial at 15 meters and you can't actually do that. Uh, it's taking you two or well, three times longer to shoot not- that.
2: You, you can walk past and go papa you just won't get what you want yeah you, you shouldn't but you can um if you want <laughs> to see a
0: great example of this if you watch guys shooting long guns yeah. so shotguns or rifles often guns in our, our our imaginary guns are very flexible and very short because they go in places out of places and around places where when you have the actual gun it's impossible um, be careful of doing that to yourself during your 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 walkthroughs not just for long guns but be honest with yourself on how difficult that target is and whether you can realistically shoot it in that time
1: without I mean, rushing. I mean some some guys walkthrough gun is like a crum laugh. You know, they, they come around a corner and you and you watch the the hands sort of bend and you're like and then they get to the, the stage and weirdly enough the you know twenty eight inch shot, a shotgun with the twelve round tube doesn't, doesn't want to bend. Doesn't bend. Yeah, that that's a really important thing to to understand, and that we've seen it with pistols as well. That that yep. at the Eastern League, a couple of guys hurt themselves. It's another match that's coming up. It's going to be awesome The Eastern League at, guns at work. Sixth and seventh. Yeah, yeah, yeah sixth and seventh of March. Um, Come pew pew, but it's in the East End, eh?
2: Bruh, Hey, hey. Bro. Uh,
1: my boy. But, but I mean, at the last one, there was a, there was the one stage where a couple of guys were <laughs> sort of. They they walk through a lean and then when it came to the gun, all of a sudden the lean was a, a bit more dramatic than they were expecting. Uh, because now there's a gun in their hand, uh, you know they've they've got to get sights on a target. They've got to sometimes realise that the, the gun's not straight up and down. going to shoot slightly differently. So that's that's all stuff to to bear in mind with your with, with your walkthrough as well. Uh, one, one other thought on, on swingers before we move along. A big mistake I see make, people make quite often is sometimes you can, you can see the activator long before you're anywhere near the swinger and people go, oh, I'm going to shoot the activator from here so that the swing slowed down by the time I've gotten to it. That is the double-edged sword. You, you might be very lucky and get there and the swing is sitting nice and slowly in an outside position, but it never, ever, ever really works like that in the real world. And what happens is you get there as the swing is disappearing and bear in mind if it's swinging slowly it's going to take longer to come back than if it's swinging fast so then you stand there waiting uh, so to so be careful of, of things like that yeah absolutely um, I've been bitten by that I used to do that when
0: I, when I just started choosing where seriously the mindset was if I can get that thing to slow down by the time I get there and you Pretty much always stand there and wait, regardless of where the swinger was when you got there. You pretty much always stand there and wait because you've exhausted all the other things you can do while you wait for it to come back. Um, when you get there, and there's what I need to do here is shoot the swinger, so you need to just stand still and shoot the swinger.
1: And then generally, what happens is the swinger comes out so slowly that you burn two hopers at it straight past you it. Like you've been waiting 15 minutes and then you shoot Delta Mike.
0: So what you do is you 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 imagine the swinger. So what I have to do is I have to lead it a little bit and then I need to hammer it. Yes. And you shoot them clean past the target because it's not where you thought it was
1: going to be because it's glacial. That sounds like <laughs> the voice of experience. That
0: is the voice of experience. I, I have been there. Um, something to bear in mind with moving targets, not, not swingers, but moving targets. So if we're talking about things like clamshells, where you have a target that presents and then you have a a no shoot that enters the equation shortly after um you need to remember that if you miss your opportunity at the full board uh that target gets substantially more difficult and now has the potential for penalties um so I'm not going to say be a lot more cautious on those just take that into account when you're doing your stage plan um be realistic yeah so Then if we start talking about silliness, um, and I used to do this when I started shooting, something else that I I used to do, was I had to back out of every position. So I would shoot targets on the move, moving backwards because it's faster because I'm doing multiple things. I'm covering ground and, and, you know, I'm shooting score. And then invariably what happens is I am in a much worse position for the next array. So all that time I saved, I lose trying to get, wide transition stuff and fix feet that fix my foot position or the next position. And I probably lose more than I could ever have gained doing that. I, I no longer do that uh, except for like really limited situations where you've got a disappearing target. And you know, when you take a step, it disappears and it might make sense, but
1: it it's not common to do that anymore. Yeah. I mean, as a, as a general rule, um, I mean, I like shooting on the move, but, very rarely seems to make a lot of sense to to kind of be backing out and shooting because you're shooting slower, you're moving slower. Uh, off, oftentimes with that, if you couldn't shoot them moving in, oftentimes it's better just to shoot them faster from where you are and then run backwards uh, or, or run in a backwards direction, which is not necessarily running backwards. Uh, but that's hard to describe it in audio format. I think that also does a great job what Korn brought up now of getting us into some of the the myths we get, you know, like you must always leave on paper, you must always enter on steel, what people want, um, and and it often leads to some idiotic. You have to move while reloading. Yes. Um, so on the on the leaving on things, leave on the target that makes the most sense to leave on. Enter on the target that makes the most sense to enter on. Aim sufficiently to hit the target where you need to hit the target. Uh, don't have a plan. And I've seen this where you run in on the right side of a barricade and then it's got three pieces of steel in the paper target and you sweep your muzzle past all the steel into all the way over to the left so that you can shoot the paper target. Cause you have to enter on the paper and then you go back to the, if I've swept my muzzle past the target, I generally want to put holes in that. Um, I don't want to sweep my muzzle past it twice. So, be, be aware of that that's it's stupid. Um, enter and leave an aperture in the most efficient way to enter and leave that aperture. It doesn't matter what you shoot. Uh, On the muzzle going past targets we
0: get further into the uh, into the myths. Um, the only thing that I can think of where I won't engage a target that my muzzle is going past is if it's like mostly obscured by a no shoot or something mm. and I'm going somewhere else in the stage anyway where I'm going to have a better shot at that shooting good score at that. Pretty much every other situation, if my muzzle's going past the target, it's getting bullets.
1: Yeah. Because uh, I mean, otherwise you're wasting time. There's always exceptions that, that, that prove the rule. But if you're planning on shooting those targets from that position, don't sweep your muzzle past them so you can shoot some other target first. It, it, it very, uh, no absolutely, but it very rarely makes it.
0: Absolutely. So uh, the, uh, you have to move when you're reloading. Something else I used right. to do. And then you start shooting single stack. So you have limited ammo, you're permanently reloading. Hmm. And then what you're doing is instead of doing a standing reload, which is not nearly as bad as people think it is, you do a standing reload while shuffling your feet. You're not moving anywhere, but I must be moving. So you're now making your reload more difficult because you're moving.
2: Yeah.
0: You're making your next shot more difficult because you're moving and you're gaining nothing because you're not actually covering ground.
1: Um, that's one of those classic cases of of doing something where you don't understand the principle of what you're trying to do. You've you've kind of been given this trite little snapshot um, that you oftentimes the person who's told you doesn't always think of. Um, yes, ideally the best time to reload is while you're moving. Uh, because you know Stan's standing sort of doing that. That doesn't mean that you have to move to reload does you're not saying the same thing and that that's exactly yep. what Corn's saying there are sometimes going to be stages where the quickest thing to do is stand where you are and jam another magazine you're gun. Uh, there's going to be stages where the movement for the reload might be a step it might not even be a step it might be a body movement you know where you're transitioning your body from an aperture on the right to an aperture on the left and that's where you jam in your reload that's and, and in classic, that ha- because classic guns start empty, um, that that <laughs> happens even more often. But it's it's not going okay. I'm going to stand still, reload, and then run. You know, if you if you're going to move from point A to point B and you can't shoot anything, that's a really good time to be a fresh mag. But if you are, if if you find, and I I, I never forget, I, I stayed at Golden City many many years ago. Uh, it was a big 32 rounder, and I found a spot where you could shoot. It was something ridiculous, like 24 rounds from the one spot. Uh, and and it saved you. I think it was one stop that saved you two extra stops. So it would have been three stops, but you could stand there, shoot, do a standing reload, and shoot. And I said, This is what I'm gonna do, and the guy gonna do. And the guys in my squad were like, No, no, you you know, but you're doing a standing reload, bah, 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 one stage, simply because I managed to save a huge amount of movement. I managed to save multiple stops. Because while they were making their second and third stop, all I had to do was one standing reload. Uh, and guys forget, and then and related to that, if you're running from point A to point B, it is going to take you longer if you reload in the middle, uh, yep. than if you don't reload. No, it, it, that, that's not free time. Um, your ability to move is going to be reduced. So it, it's not that, oh, it's going to take me two seconds to stand, you know, stand and do a standing reload. And that's a two-second run because if it's a two-second run without a reload, it's going to be a two-and-a-half second or w- w- whatever sort of thing. So it's not often that a standing reload makes a huge amount of sense, more so in, in classic because, once again, they have three-round magazines. But in 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 the other divisions, it, there are sometimes times when that makes sense. So look at the stage in its entirety uh, as opposed to just having silly rules about – I can't have a reload standing still. I can't, um, you know, I have to enter on fucking poppers and exit I to, on. I have to move on the draw.
2: Yeah. So, uh, in, so continuing with the, with the reload thing that you guys have been talking about, the other thing that, that we've seen, and I've done it before, I mean, I'm shooting standards, so I've got like 18 rounds on the gun. Don't be afraid to throw a 80% full magazine on the floor if that's your best opportunity to reload on that stage. Mm. I've fired four rounds before done a reload and finished the stage because that that particular time of movement was the most efficient and best time for me to do the reload. In the same breath, we also want to, and there's certain stages that are going to force us to do this, we want to try and avoid running our guns to their capacity, whether you're shooting classic production, whatever. Typically, as an example, if we get presented with a 14 or 15 round stage and we're shooting production a lot of guys will consider seriously running one magazine and not reloading. Now, typically on a stage like that, you are gonna have to move because there's more than nine rounds. A lot of guys will try and run their their guns to that capacity and that leaves you with very little room and what we regularly see happening is guys shooting much more conservatively than what they normally would. So they're throwing away quite a lot of time to try and save that time in the reload. And not only are they throwing the time away, they're not actually shooting any points better than what they would have been if they just decided to do a reload. So yeah. now they're slower and they're shooting the same points that they would have if they just slapped the reload in on their movement. So, just yeah. something not directly related to stage planning, but directly
0: related to what Gaz just said. Having enough magazines is important. Don't have the bare minimum mags that you could possibly take to a match. Have enough so you can do things like I'm throwing this mag away, I'm going to shoot one round. And I'm going to reload because I need that extra round for the next set of targets. Um, And you, you can do that without going, Oh shit, I'm putting myself in a bad place for the rest of the match because for the rest of the stage, because I don't have enough mags and take enough mags, have enough space on your belt so that you can do that kind of stuff. Um, Just on the, the moving and reloading. um, Those are the wrong words. And that's why people get confused by this. The correct words is try and combine tasks. So if I'm moving and I have to reload, it's best to move and reload. If I have to wait for a swinger to come out, it is best to wait for the swinger while I'm shooting other targets. Um, combining tasks like T said, it's not free time. You're not, you're not getting time from nowhere. You are spending a little bit of time doing those things, but it, it will probably reduce your overall stage time, um, whether it's a little bit or a significant reduction a reduction in stage time with the same score nets you a better stage. And
1: and, and related to what Gaz said, we, we see, and, and some matches have it more than others, but but quite often we'll see medium courses of, of 14 to 16 rounds. Uh, and I think a big part of that is because production is, is the biggest division, um, it, it adds a, a certain spice. And you get guys, you'll see a 16 round stage and they go, okay, I'm, I'm doing this stage without a reload. And, One of four things kinds of happen. Sometimes they hook up and they they just crush it. Uh, And that's, yeah, you know, it's the big ball's plan. They do it, they they go full speed and and everything works out and they crush it. Often, as Gaz says, what happens is they go, fuck, I can't fill in a shot. So they go super slow and try and be perfect, Um, which is ideal. Or we see them where they, they know they've dropped a shot and they know they can't fill it in, so they end up just leaving it. Uh, or we see unexpected reloads in horrible places. So instead of these three steps where I could jam a mag in, so you know I, I, I went 12 rounds and then, and then did a reload, uh, they, they go, okay, I'm, I'm not going to do the reload. They get to the last target, fire one shot, and the slide lock's open, and now they're doing a standing unexpected reload. All of a sudden, your one-second reload turns into a three-second reload. Then uh, to fire a shot, uh, so that's that's something I will generally try and avoid uh, if if possible. I I I like to I like to drop magazines with bullets. Yeah, we all
0: like to drop bullets. Gaz getting a phone call, I think. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, that, that is. Around. That is basically the worst place to do a reload is halfway through a paper target um, because you will rush the next round, um, which means you might need to fire a second and a third round after you fire that, that round to complete that. Uh, if you're even paying attention, you might fire one miss completely and not fill it in. So now you've done a standing, slow, unplanned reload for nada. Um, yeah. If you plan Absolutely. them... They generally go better if you plan the reload. Even if you're running a gun drive, if you
1: plan it. They generally don't hurt you as much. I've I've seen guys do that. Get to a target, fire around, slide locks open, do a an unexpected standing reload, shoot six rounds at the target, and you go score it, and it's two charlies. <laughs> oh, yep, Charlie I've seen that Delta, happen. <laughs> or, yeah, they're like so. I mean, yeah,
2: all the charlies. And I mean, if we look at just those four scenarios you presented now, T, that's only a 25% chance of
1: you hooking up. That's not a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, I, I, for most people, I, I don't think those scenarios are equally weighed. So I think for yeah. a lot of people, your your chance of hooking up is even less. Uh, yeah. You know.
0: That was so. exactly what I was going to say. It's, it's highly shooter dependent and most people don't hook up.
1: Yeah, I mean. You know, there's some shooters who can go, fuck, I'm going to run a 16 round plan here and they will dominate. Um, it's not most shooters. And then also remember Murphy. Uh, we had uh, at the at Spartan league, we had that stage where the only way you could really, the only way to really run it logically as a production shooter is you had to take the last section as a 16 round plan. Um, and I had a dead primer. Uh, and i took that round to the range afterwards and hit it 20 times it wasn't a light strike it was a dead primer so ba 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 click 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 oh shit um and that's something else that that guys you know that that was just the absolute worst timing for that to happen but but this these sort of things
0: happen. i had a on that exact same stage um so it was a chamber empty stage and uh <laughs> classic and in the first position, there were 10 rounds to, to be fired before you could move. So 10 rounds in the gun. I uh, fired the 10 rounds. Most of them went well. I had one that was off. It hit the uh, hardcover. And uh, that remained a mic because there was no way of fixing that in a reasonable amount of time. You've already run your gun dry. Um, you're now doing a, a reload, moving the other way to go shoot some more stuff. And, and you, you eat it whether you saw it or not. So you can go, oh, shit, that is a problem, but it's going to cost me less to just leave it than it's going to cost me to do a standing reload here, fill that in, potentially mess it up again, and then get moving. Which brings me on to an important thing, T. So you had that light strike.
1: No, and, dead uh, primer.
0: A dead primer, dead sorry. Primer. You, you had a non-functioning round of ammo. Hmm. Um, if something like that happens, do I now... For the rest of the stage, shoot my gun dry because I can't do my reloads where I planned them because I've done an unrelo- unplanned reload somewhere else.
1: If, if if you have an unexpected reload and you reload two rounds earlier than you were going to, my advice to you is shoot those two rounds, do another reload. Get back, back on, on, the on plan there. as quickly as possible. Um, It's why I always want to have at least one more mag on my belt than my plan calls for, preferably two. Uh, I won't walk onto a nine-round stage without a spare mag and generally without two spare mags because shit happens. Uh, So, yeah, I would – if you you had to do a reload and fire one shot and then your plan was to reload after that, I would suggest doing that reload and getting back on the plan because trying to now strategize and do maths – is when we see guys then standing in an aperture with a slide locked open, going, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck, trying to decide what, what to shoot. Yeah.
0: So getting back on plan does a couple of things. Um, one, your math works out for the rest of the stage. So if you were doing something like planning a 15 round section of stage with a 16 round gun in production, um, if you reload two rounds early, guess what your next segment also has an unplanned reload and guess what the segment after that also has an unplanned reload. Um, so getting back on plan makes the math work for the rest of the stage. It also allows you to get back into autopilot, um, because we don't want to be consciously thinking about when we should be doing things. We want to visualize after our walkthrough and we want to internalize that plan that we're going to do. And we want to do it according to what we have planned to do. Um, Shit happens and sometimes you need to fix some stuff in the middle of stage. But as T said, as soon as you've dealt with that problem, go back to what you have rehearsed because that's going to get yield the the best results regardless of the the tragedy that happened in
2: the middle.
1: And related to that, if something goes wrong, be it that you had to do an unexpected reload, you had a malfunction, whatever, um, you need to, once you've dealt with that, you need to carry on shooting the stage like that didn't happen. You can't now go, fuck, I need to open up the throttle because, um, you know, I lost three seconds clearing this. Now I need to shoot, I need to make up, you can't make up that time. Um, and the other thing, <clears throat> like one of our favorite shooters did last week, was you can't then go, oh, fuck it, and trudge through the rest of the stage shooting at a quarter of your normal pace <clears throat> um, because you're grumpy because you had a jam. What do you think of that, guys? Yeah.
2: Good
0: advice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh man! So just just to pick up on not Gaz's jam, but um, Gaz's marmalade. Um, <laughs> moving along, just picking up on on what T said, where you can't make up that time that time is lost and you need to shoot the stage like you would have shot before that issue happened and as if that issue never happened. If you were able to shoot that stage three seconds faster, you should have been shooting that stage three seconds faster. You shouldn't wait for tragedy to happen and then go, I've just turned into super shooter and I'm now going to burn it down. If you have the skill to burn it down, you should have been burning it down anyway. So you, you need to shoot at your current level of skill, as Steve Anderson would say. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> um Gaz, yes. yo, what have we missed? What haven't we covered? What 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 is there that is, is notably missing from this?
2: I don't think we've missed anything. I think stage planning comes down to you yes. what's that T. Uh
1: there is there is something we haven't discussed yet. So don't 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 wind it up. Uh what haven't we discussed? Yeah, okay, something something else that comes across quite often and, and we see this. I remember I was, I was told that when I started, and uh, is that if you are right handed, try and shoot your stages from left to right so that you can reload moving right because your left leg right breaks 90. If you're left handed, shoot them uh, right to left. Uh, what I suggest is shoot the stage in the most efficient way it's possible and reload your gun without breaking the 90. Uh, I've, I've oh, seen yeah. some really idiotic approaches to stages where people made their lives really challenging. Because they were adamant, they had to, they had to move, um, you know, left to right. If that's a challenge for you, then go dry fire, reloading your gun without breaking the ninety. Um, don't, you know, shoot. At, at, and a related thing is in production, and that is double action first shots. Um, some really weird stage plans so that the double action shot is on an easy target. Um, practice that, and then run the stage in the most efficient way possible. Not silly things like, oh, I've got to move this way, or I've got to move that way, or, uh, you know, if if all else is equal, and silly the example, I generally shoot on the move better moving left to right than right to left. If all else is equal, I'm going to set up the stage so that I can move left to right. If the logical way to shoot the stage is moving right to left, then I'm going to do that, um, and... You need to find those sort of weaknesses and plug them in dry fire and practice, not go to the match and and go, "Oh, I can't do this, obviously don't be dangerous um, but but fix that. It's very possible to reload your pistol's right handed and shoot her moving right to left without breaking the ninety at all um, if you pay a little bit of attention yep, oh yeah, for sure. I suppose that
2: that sort of would wind into a basic topic of if you found yourself having a very specific preference. To a very, not a very specific, but a very specific preference to a skill that you have to apply on a stage, you need to figure out what you need to do for doing the opposite of that specific um, preference. No, we don't really want to base our stage plans off preference all the time, although that's, sort of, that's going to tie in a little bit to confidence in your stage plan, but that's a different discussion altogether.
0: You have to play to your strengths. Mm. You really have to play to your strengths. Without being ridiculous in your plan, yeah. So yeah, if playing that's to your way. strength hurts you in any other way, don't do it. Um, if playing to your strength gives you an advantage over your competition, a real advantage, absolutely do that thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's that, that, yeah. And I, and I think that that's the thing to bear in mind. there. if you can, if all else is equal, and you prefer to shoot, if it's standing still array, you prefer to shoot right to left. Then knock yourself out. You know, if it's a nine-round stand-in-the-box stage, knock yourself out. But also be aware of if if you prefer that, you need to practice it both ways so that you're as close to equal both ways as you can. So that if you get to a, a stage where it's going to make more sense the other way, you know? because also people are going. You know, majority of shooters are right-handed. Majority of right-handed shooters like to shoot right to left. So there's a very good chance that fairly often people are going to sign a stage where the logical way to do it is left to right because it, it's a different challenge. Um, so it's little things like that, that you know, if, if you can find an opportunity to do it the way you prefer it and it's not going to be a deficit, knock yourself out. But look at the stage and, and go, what is the most efficient way for me to get through the stage? The quickest way for me to safely navigate the stage not where can I set myself up to do the thing I like to do. Um, you know, we, we see guys do weird things. We see guys who like to shoot on the move, shooting on the move on, on targets where they, they really should have stood still and burnt them down. Um, we see guys who like to stand still and burn shit down, not shooting on the move and, and, and hurting themselves because they want to run, set up and burn stuff down. Um, we see guys moving in, in peculiar directions uh, because it seems, I mean, once again, at that Spartan League, we all missed the fact that on the one stage, it would have been quicker to move uh, left to right as opposed to right to left because you were moving downhill. Um, and it's in the curtain Yep. So, and then Austin pointed out how she did. You know. so <laughs> he did. That's, uh, take a little bit of time. I think that's, that's something, when you get to the stage, take a little bit of time to look at it. And if everyone's jumping into the same plan, they may very well be right, but I've also made the mistake of matches of going, that plan doesn't make sense to me. Another plan makes sense to me, but everyone's doing this, so I must be wrong. Uh, And it it doesn't work. Uh, So, you know, pay attention to what the shooters with you are doing. Um, And if you are a more experienced shooter, don't fuck the new guys around and bullshit them. Do not be the dude who goes, boys, this is how we shoot the stage and then do it the complete opposite way because all you were trying to do is get them to try a stage plan and, and see if it failed or, or you were trying to fuck with um, You know, and, and if, you're a, if you're a less experienced shooter, watch what the more experienced guys are doing, but temper that with the, the reality of your, your skills. Um, so, you know, watch what Gaz does when he does his walkthrough, but understand that if you need this advice, you're probably not Gaz Uh, So you may not be able to do everything you can do.
0: So I was once told that uh, you should always take the stage plan of the best shooter in your squad, which I still maintain is is really poor advice. Um, You should shoot the stage plan that you can execute. So above all that you can execute. Because like I said, a 50% plan executed 100% is going to be better than 120% plan executed 10%. Uh, it's just going to hurt you so there might be places where and and we covered this slightly earlier where t will get closer to targets where possible that's a that's a good principle but if there is a singular target for which t needs to run 10 meters to get closer and he's shooting everything else from the back because that's the way the stage is he's not going to run forward he's just going to shoot that target from the back because he has the skill to do that Um, it'll be slower in terms of splits to shoot that, and he might shoot slightly worse score, but he's going to be a hell of a lot faster just shooting it from the back without running forward because there's nothing else that's drawing him forward. If you're a less experienced shooter, you might look at that and go, gee, that's cool. I, want, I really want to one day have that skill. I'm going to work on it, but I don't have it today. So I am going to run the 10 meters to get a shot that I can execute with confidence. Um, shoot to your ability. Um, and don't get bullied into doing stuff.
1: Some absurd examples with that, and I, I do think that's bad advice. I think you should pay attention to what the top shooters in your squad are doing. That's not the same as, as, as um, doing exactly what they do. If the top shooter in your squad is Albert, who shoots classic, and you're shooting production, are you going to now shoot a classic plan, which is often doesn't resemble a production plan? Um, if the top shooter in your squad is, is you know, Austin, um, who's shooting an open gun, and you're shooting a production gun, are you now going to try and do the stuff with your, your iron sighted production gun that he's doing with his open gun? It may not be the most sense. If I like to shoot on the move, um, I'm reasonable at it. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fat dude. So sprinting really fast and setting up is not, is not, it it doesn't really play to my strengths, um, but I can, I can shoot pretty quickly and pretty accurately on the move. So I'm going to try and shoot on the move and I'm, I, I may try and take shots on the move on, on, by challenging targets um, because I've got a dot and and it's something I can do. Uh, if you you may very well have faster splits and transitions than me um, because I don't have the fastest splits or transitions around. Uh, so it may make better sense for you to set up and and burn those four targets down from a spot that that I'm rolling past and shooting on the move. Um, that's going to boil down to no, that's it. If you could shoot in the movie, you're always going to be faster. So so don't know how to do that. Um, yeah. But that that's going to also depend, you know, we, we've seen it with, with young Charles at one of the matches. Hi, Shaw. Charles. Um Charles's going to come help out at the shop. Thanks. Charles. Awesome. Thanks. Um, hey, thanks. Charles. So, uh, you know, at, at his first club shoot, he saw a stage where a couple of us were going, cool, I'm going to shoot on the move through this. And he tried to shoot on the move for the first time in his life in the middle of a match, and it was not optimising his uh, his particular skill set for that stage. Uh, and I'm not saying this to pick on Charlotte; it was just a good example. And he's a big, strong boy; he'll be okay. Um, of where, if if someone had said to him, do what the the more experienced shooters in your in your squad are doing, that's what he did, and it didn't work for him because that wasn't he didn't have the experience to pull that off. He didn't have the You know, shooting a slightly different gun. It's not He'd never shot on the move in his life before. Uh, So, going, oh, fuck, Gaz is doing this, I must do this, isn't necessarily the best plan. Pay attention to what they do, but but understand that I'll I'll give you a silly example, and this is going to sound really weird, but um, my wife used to be very heavily involved in horse riding before she got shot. And um, one of the top show jumpers at the time uh, basically has a hunchback, and you could always spot. Like a whole lot of his students had this really weird hunchback start or, or hunchback position, whatever the fuck they call it in, in horse riding, and it there was no practical reason for it. They were just aping what he did, so they were copying his body position, and and he had a a, a physical issue that they were trying to copy because they thought, well, he's really good and and he sits like it. so so be aware of that as well, um, you know. Dude might might do stuff because of uh, might be blind in his left eye, and that's why he kind of always moves right, or, or something stupid like that. Um, it's important to understand the principles of what you're trying to do, uh, and and don't be scared to ask. You know, if, if if you have half decent shooters in your squad, and I mean half decent people as opposed to, to, to skill level, um, don't be don't don't be scared to ask. They'll probably help you. Pay attention to what the old boys do um, because sometimes uh, age and experience really does beat youth and energy. Um, they're, they're often really good at, at spotting places where, where you, can, you can cut something out because they've got, you know, we, we've, we've got old boys shooting now who, who were on the first ever Springbok team in 1976. Um, you know, those 40-odd years of experience He he still kicks a lot of younger guys' asses, but he may not move like a dude in his 20s, but he's learned how to get through that stage often quicker than a dude in his 20s um, just by being more efficient. So pay attention. You're often getting a a lot of the older guys who may not necessarily move like they used to. They may not necessarily score particularly well in the stage, um, but... They may have a good idea, a good eye for a stage, and they, you get guys like that. You get guys who walk on a stage, and you're kind of going, "Oh!" And you'll go, "No, do like, don't be stupid, do this," and you've just and you're like completely missed. So, pay attention. Don't. I would advise not trying to change your plan when you're on the line. When I do it sometimes, but it's it's do not this. a clever idea. Um, and don't and and it to that. If you've got a plan and you're on the line or you're on standby, and someone walks up and goes, "Dude, you should try this." As a general rule, go no thanks, dude. I'm I'm, I'm on standby and just shut him down.
0: Um, yep, that often burns people. Where you, you you often end up with like a hybrid of the two, mm. and but not a and good hybrid. Yeah, it's never a good hybrid. <laughs> One um, of those mutant hybrids. Was something yeah. we. That we probably touched on throughout this, but I don't think we like explicitly said it. Um, Splits get checks. apparently, allegedly, you asked, like, go fast, don't suck. Or corn. Or corn. (laughs) You need to do everything you can to optimize score while reducing time. We're not trying to do everything we can to reduce time. Um, I've looked at a couple of matches recently on practice score where... The majority of the competitors were shooting like mid-70s, maybe 80 percent of the score available. Um, a dude who is significantly slower than you is going to beat you simply because he's shooting better score. Um, if you're in like the 75 to 80 percent range of score available, or even less than that, and you are capable of shooting more score than that. So there isn't something physically that's holding you back or, or whatever. If you're capable of shooting more score, you should be shooting more score than that.
1: Ideally, you should be aiming to shoot 90 to 95% of the available score in a match. That's kind of the range you, you, you should be finding yourself in. If you're shooting 100% of the available score, you're probably going really slow. Um, you know. And if you're shooting 80, 70, 80%, you're going too fast. For you. So, yeah. My rough rule of thumb um, is, is to aim for between 90 and 95. Um, and that's not saying you're going into stage and going, oh, I'm a, sh- I'm a shooter C here. Um, <laughs> it's it's kind of you know, looking, looking at practice score afterwards and, and, and trying to see where you are. Uh, and, and related to that, I'm going to use Gaz as an, ex- as an example. Um, Gaz's splits, I mean, Gaz is a beast of issues. Gaz's splits are not super impressive. They're quick. He's um, not slow. Gaz as a rule is not pushing 13, 14 splits ever really. Uh, where he, he, his transitions are really good, his his movement is really good. Um, his splits on a 25 meter, you know, you get a lot of guys who can shoot a 13 split on a five meter target and then shoot the second split on a 25 meter target. Um, and, and the difference is Gaz is shooting a 20 split on the five meter target and then he's shooting a 35 split on the, on the 25 meter target. Um, so that's something to, to bear in mind as well, guys. Guys kind of try and hammer those splits in. You, you know, you hear it. You hear this, ta-da, da But it's it's da ta-da, da da And it sounds really fast. And then Gaz goes through those same four targets and goes, da-da, 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 And he's done it in, in half the time. But it doesn't look as bad. Uh, he he, he chance, hasn't
0: done it in half the time. He shot better score.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because he's shot... Because I think at the last match we shot, I think Gaëlle uh, shot ninety-six or ninety-seven percent of the available. Sport. Yep. Um, if you watch, do yourself a favour, um, try and watch some some footage of Maria Gushina shooting today. Maria is is one of the best shooters in the world, not not one of the best female shooters. She's one of the best shooters in the world. She is completely unexciting to watch, and I don't say that in any sort of negative way. Maria's, if you watch her. it's actually hard to fathom how well she does because there are no fireworks when she shoots. Um, But she's exceptionally efficient. So the splits aren't super fast. There's no flash and grandeur in anything, but she shoots really good. You know, she she shoots at a really good pace. Once again, she's shooting um, on the further targets. That's where she's not slowing down. Like a lot of the guys are shooting 11 splits on really close targets she's not having to fill in a lot of shots. So, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll quite often, you know, it, 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 a lot of the time you'll watch her shoot a 32 round stage in 32 rounds or a 12 round stage in 12 rounds um, and just two alpha, two alpha, two alpha, two alpha. Uh, so that that's something to bear in mind. Don't don't look for flash, look for, it's points per second. Uh, it, it's something Steve Anderson hops on all the time because he's right. Um, our go, our game is the game of 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 finding points per second, uh, and how you do that is is could vary slightly, but the the the, the person who's going to win the match at the end of the day, the person who's going to whose name is going to be on the top of the list, is the person who shoots them. This is going to be really radical: the most points in the least time. Yep. So the person who shoots the most points per second, which is what hit factor is win not the person who looked cool not the person with the fastest splits or the person with the fastest draw um the, 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 there's no if you can go look on practice school um you're not going to find any mention of who had the best splits or who had the best draw or who had the slickest reload or who made sure that they were reloading on the move all the time or shooting on the move or anything else all it's going to show you is who shot the most points per sec yeah
0: and we had that eh? A, a mm. great way of optimizing that, just to to get it into your head, not everyone can do this, and not every stage is going to allow for this. But if you can have no pause between shots, from the time that it goes beep to the time that you unload and show clear, you are doing better than the guys who are shooting pa pa long break, pa pa long break. If you can shoot that same stage, pa 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 pa, and just have that pace for the entire stage. You are winning. You're not going to look best, cool, it's
1: not going to go in the grams, but you're going to win. And the best pace you can shoot is not its
0: And obviously the ba ba is after you stuffed up your reload right now, you need to make up some time. That's
1: close target. It's a close, and that's transitions, up. not split.
0: That's how good you are. That's how good you are. Gaz, <laughs> um, just uh, on our way to wrapping this one up. Um, do you want to briefly talk to us about uh, visualization? I don't know how your battery is doing, so might want to make it super brief. But what yeah, do you do once you've walked off the stage, where your 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 stage walkthrough has ended? Because that's not the end of your
2: stage planning, right? No, no, no. Your stage planning doesn't end when your five minutes walkthrough ends. So basically at most of our level one and level two matches, you're going to be allocated about five minutes to walk through. You develop a plan that best suits you. You know how many rounds there are. You know where you're going to reload. And now the RO is clear the range, first shooter to the line, blah, 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 blah. If you're not first on the line, what you're going to be doing in the background is mentally rehearsing those that specific stage and how you're going to shoot it in as much detail as you can now that level of detail is going to vary for everybody and i know from my experience it tends to fluctuate depending on certain things and what i'm doing and and etc so what you want to do is you want to go back and you want to visualize that stage again and again and again and again and as many times as you can until it's your turn to shoot now that being said you don't want to get stuck in a trap where all you're doing is visualizing and hyping yourself up all the time. So you want to make sure that you balance out how much you're visualizing. And for me, that's typically at least once a shooter, it depends on where I am in the, in the shooting order. But if, if, we, if we stick to visualization, you want to create as much detail of the physical tasks that you are required in order to complete that stage. Some people might include their sights, lifting and returning on paper targets, lifting off of steel targets, where they're going to place their feet, how they're going to present their gun. You essentially want to be during this time, during the visualization, you are going to be in a state where you're running through the stage slow-mo and you're going to be processing what you want to see and in certain instances, what you want to feel as far as technique goes.
0: That's it. Just in absolute closing um take your last walk through um when guys are are patching and stuff um take you you have that time you use that time um lots of guys will will stand around talking and and doing other stuff instead of getting their head in the game to shoot their stage now you should be getting your head in the, in, in the game when you're like on second standby um, by the time you're on standby, you should be in full on. Um, I'm. I am. I am preparing to shoot now. Like I'm not accepting any uh, distractions. Um, use that time. It's. It's very valuable, and there's very little of it. Seems legit. Awesome
1: stuff. Too legit to quit. To quit.
0: Gaz, do you want to uh, to lead us out? Don't steal his line because he gets very like unhappy. No,
2: it's, it's okay. I got to use it once so I'm happy (laughs) and he wasn't expecting it which made it awesome no No, we we're getting quite a lot of support from everybody and we do appreciate it we like everyone interacting on the Facebook group and the page and sharing all our stuff Uh, we really appreciate all of that feedback and the support that we're getting from everybody Um, and as always if you wouldn't mind please popping off and giving us a couple of ratings you know the rules by now minimum of five stars and then you get to be in the club We've got a few club members now.
0: There's a couple.
1: Yeah, yeah. Do, do it's do growing. It. Chris John's doing an awesome job of sharing. Yeah, stuff for sure. Yes. is. No, the Charles. support's awesome. Charles does an excellent
0: job of like causing conflict. Mm. Charlie. You're yeah. <laughs> yeah, not calling it Charlie. Charlie. Charlene.
2: We love you,
1: show. Later,
2: losers.